0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Welcome to and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Ruschak. I'm here with author Grace Tinson. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Now, you have this wonderful best-selling book called Thrive Beyond Divorce. So I'm assuming you're a divorcee and you're trying to help others.
2: Well, yes, and more than that, um, the, the actual byline of the book is uh, mastering the money game, discovering your purpose, and offering your genius to the world. So the backstory and what caused me to write the book was my own experience. I, uh, I built a very, very successful real estate business. This is a number of years ago. And I built our family into this big fat lifestyle, <clears throat> you know, the pool and the tennis court and private schools. And I thought the party, the money party would never end. And um, I found that when the economy goes into a deep recession on top of a divorce, it's really a convergence of, you know, a couple of real devastating circumstances. And that's what happened. So California went into recession, the real estate industry collapsed. Uh, It was a community property state, I ended up having to pay, I earned like three times what my husband did. So I ended up paying a massive settlement, I refinanced our house, pulled out all the equity, paid him what I owed him, and then thought I could just scramble and hang on. And the truth is, I couldn't. At the end of the day, I went through foreclosure and a bankruptcy and ended up with nothing. I drove out of California with a thousand bucks to my name to start life over. And so it's a story of, you know, I relocated to Oregon because I had a friend up here. And um, I just felt like, you know, when you get wiped out so completely like that, and certainly not everybody goes through that kind of a wipeout. Um, uh, But I thought the story was important to tell because there's lots of people that are starting over now. Uh, Everybody starts over after a Mm -hmm. divorce. And so it really chronicles my tale of how did I find my plan B when I wasn't planning on a plan B? How did I land in the financial services business? Um, I got advice from a close friend of mine who was very successful and just ask him, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I don't think I can do real estate again. I don't know where to start over. I don't know how to do it. And he advised me to look into financial services. And I thought he was nuts because I thought, you know, why would anybody trust me in that business? I've just had a foreclosure and a bankruptcy. And he said, don't think like that. He said, first of all, you can learn and then you can take what you know, and you can pay that forward for the rest of your life. And it's the single best uh, advice I ever got. So I then spent 20 years in, as a financial advisor, I retrained. It wasn't quick and it wasn't easy, but I retrained in that profession and created another, you know, really successful business out of that. So the book largely is about the process of recuperating from a divorce wherever you find yourself. Um, and And it's really the underlying purpose is to transform your relationship with money. There's too many women, even in the 21st century, that think that it's the man's job to figure out the money thing, mm-hmm. or you know their parents are gonna leave them an inheritance and that will take care of things. And they just often mm-hmm. fail to, to really understand the importance of being financially independent themselves. Uh, and so that's, that's part of the underlying message. The other thing that I wanted to do is demystify the path to financial independence because working on a commission basis in real estate and then something happens to your income stream, you know, you can collapse really completely like I did. And so I wanted to give a roadmap of starting wherever you're starting, the steps that you need to take if for any woman or really any man that wants to become financially independent uh, it's a roadmap for that because i've done it and so so anyway those those that's how i that's where i started that's why i wrote it uh and i'm i'm pleased that it's done well you know my hope is to be able to leave a legacy of help for other people so that they may avoid uh what i went through
1: well that's a hope for anyone i mean as a divorcee myself i'm reinventing myself post-divorce Because pre-divorce, I was, you know, mother, homemaker, little author, didn't really do much. Now I'm in the business world. I had to learn, I knew finances beforehand, but I'm learning the business world now, you know, I'm almost 40 and just now finding what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) Right, right. So it doesn't. It can happen at any time. It doesn't have to happen when you're in your middle middle life or after divorce. We have to, as women, learn finances. We have to learn how to do business. We have to learn how to be self sufficient. We have to learn multiple streams of income.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And um, you know, my original. I've been asked many, many times. So, what was your impetus. What inspired you to want to earn and learn money and become, you know, figure out how to earn money and earn big money and all of that. And I would say it was my mother. My mother uh, only went through the eighth grade and she dropped out after her mother died at 13 and raised her younger sister. And so she had no education. She grew up in the deep, deep South. And then they migrated over to California. It was in, you know, the end of World War II. And she had no skills and no no way to really make her way in the world. She ended up marrying my dad. And then he drove away when uh, my brother and I were very, very young. And so here she is with two little kids now and no real way to make her way in the world. And she got a, you know, a, a job in a sugar beet factory that she ended up marrying my stepdad. So this is another common mistake over the years that I've seen women make to make relationship decisions based on finances. My mother married my stepdad because he would provide for us because she really had no way to do it. Uh, And so, and that was a, that was the second really disastrous mistake there. So I made a decision way back in high school that I'm never going to be in a position where I have to, you know, I'm going to choose the relationships I'm going to be in, in order to you know, survive in the world, that I have to figure this out on my own. Um, And so oftentimes, I think it's our difficulties that we have in life point us in a direction that that turns out to be really uh, prudent. And I think that that's what happened. And so I've been always highly motivated. But in my practice, in my financial practice, it's like pulling teeth. Uh, Women mostly don't I don't know what it is exactly. I still can't really identify it, but so few women want to grab this. They know that they have some sense that they should, but they're not. They find it boring, or it's tedious, or it's not in their wheelhouse, or something, and it prevents them from truly engaging in learning personal finance, learning how to earn money, learning the ways of business, learning if if you're not. Uh, If you're not going to find a jobby job, how do you start a business and make money with it? So there's a lot of learning curve there, but you have to find inspiration to do that from somewhere first. And so that's what I was saying. My initial purpose is to try and transform your relationship with money at a fundamental level uh, to understand that money is a form of energy and uh, it's how we move in the world. It isn't everything. And there's lots of things that are more important but this piece is really important and especially if women want to be influencers and want to be give back to their communities and want to be in a position to offer something through their life experiences you have to be in a position to do that and so so I just took everything that I learned and and tried to reach back and see where why did I why was I inspired to do that And what caused me to do that? And what was it that caused me to want to unravel this thing and and figure it out again? And that's really simple when you're at that point where I was. It's, you know, you're either going to figure this out or you're going to be living under the bridge. And that wasn't an option for me. So I had to figure it out. I just had to figure it out.
1: Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, I have to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. I have to be self-sufficient. I was always self-sufficient growing up. And I was told by my ex-husband that men don't like self-sufficient women. So that mm. way, when we were married, that kept me hobbled. Well, why am I listening to someone when I know what I want? So it's up to me to go get it. Yeah. And well, we need more it, it, understanding that. You know what you want. You yeah. have to go get it. Quit listening to people that say men don't want or a significant other doesn't want, okay, then you're not with the right kind of person.
2: Yeah, bottom line, you're very, very uh, accurate on that point. Um, And that's another thing, you know, and it's worth, thank you for bringing that up, because Mm -hmm. it's worth mentioning that cultural aspect, you know, that if you go back to the caveman days, women, uh, you know, man's job is to provide, you know, they went out to hunt, The woman's job was to raise kids and feed the family and all of that stuff there's a lot of that cultural programming that gets carried forward right to today Um, you know all the men that may want to control their women they don't necessarily want them to be uh independent so that they have less choice i mean if you think about why would anybody be motivated to hold you back as a woman Mm -hmm. Um, you know if it's a man i would say you need to question the motive because is it so that you don't have choice? I mean, like my mother didn't feel like she had any choice and she really, her choices were very, very limited. Uh, and so, so that makes you attractive to one man. Is that a, is that a position that you want to put yourself in? So you really have to dig down and see what your money mindset really is and how, how, because whatever your mindset is with money, That's exactly why you are where you are today. And those things can change. Those things can be, um, you know, transmuted into something else that will serve you better.
1: Right. My theory is, do you want to be on the couch complaining and worrying about money, living paycheck to paycheck? Or do you want to grow up and say, you know, there's two of us in this relationship. I'm just as capable of making $100,000 a year as you are. I'm just throwing out numbers but you have to know what you want. You have to know what life you want. What how you relate to money? Do you go out and spend it on a $200 purse when a $25 purse is just as good? You know, we have to start evaluating because women buy an impulse. I do it all the time. <laughs> I will. But what is the our relationship with money—is it something that we want to save and get to a better place, or do we want to just spend it and live till next month?
2: Well, that's you know, unfortunately, that's the story of a, a large part of America. But you know, you said a couple of key things there, and um, it is to to just even ask the question: What is my money mindset? You know, how am I thinking about this? I think too often women are more prone to get caught up in a romantic fantasy about what marriage really is. Mm -hmm. When in fact, you know, they think, Oh, now I'll get married and he'll provide for us and I can have it easy. And then I can sort of dink around with my hobby or do whatever. And now there's millions and millions and millions of women in the workforce. And I don't want to minimize that at all, but the motivation isn't the same. It isn't the same. Most men still have the cultural, you know, programming that it's their job to earn and provide. Uh, women don't have that programming; they have to develop it. They have to develop it, and then when they end up divorced, and if they've got kids, and especially women who have later life divorces, you know, over fifty divorce—that's the largest chunk of people who are divorcing today. Many of those women weren't in the workforce, and you get dumped out in 50 or 60, you're probably not going to tee up a big career right there. So, you know, thinking about these things before you get married is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly before you get divorced is good. And you have to sort of plan ahead, you know, what is, and that's why, you know, I pointed this, uh, you know, the message in this book, too, is, what is your purpose? What, what gifts do you have to offer uh, that you could, Offered to the world. I mean, we all have something that we can offer. And if you're not at least solvent, if not financially independent and solvent, you're not free to give that stuff because you won't have the financial flexibility to develop something, a course or teach or podcast or whatever, you know, so determining what your own skill is what your what is your genius that's the question that the book is asking you have genius in you somewhere what is it and can you put yourself in a position to excavate that and uh, and then offer something to the world because in my mind that's what got my mental emotional uh, trauma up and out by redirecting and finding a purpose and finding meaning Uh, in this new career and then I was able to really reach out and help other people and uh, and that was and that was the big difference
1: right we have to find it within ourselves we have to find I mean if you were to talk to me in 2017 doing podcasting or radio I would have said you're crazy but it turned out by getting going through the divorce doing a one-time pop-up radio show to promote a book a radio station live my voice so that led me to this and it fell into something I love doing and then it's a medium to give people like you an option to reach a larger audience that's yeah. me. I connect people that's what I yeah
2: love and so that's a great example of you excavated your own genius you figured out an interest that you had You found that a talent you either had or you could develop and here you are, you know, you're, you're offering something to the world and, and everybody has that, you know, if if you're not practiced at looking for it, you know, that's something that's within your power to change, but good for you, because that's exactly how that works, you know, you, you identify skills that you've developed somewhere Mm -hmm. either as a mother or from a job that you've had or from things that you've read or experienced and that can send you off in a whole new direction.
1: It does. And this is what we need more women to do. I took a podcast, turned it into a publishing company and now turn it into a multimedia company. I am a CEO. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have thought about running a company. I was wanting to run my family. That was it. Make sure there's food on the table at dinner time. Make sure the child's up and ready for school. Make sure she's dressed. Make sure she gets, you know, whatever she needs. Make sure the husband has what he needs. That was my mindset then. I had to develop this into what I see it in my mind's eye.
2: Exactly. And I think um, part of that process, too, is, you know, I think one of the, one of the main things that has motivated me always is freedom. You know, I started with defining what is freedom to me. And that is something that every person can ask. Um, You know, freedom to me is freedom from worry, freedom uh, that I have purpose, the freedom to pursue a passion. Uh, Freedom is a big, big, big motivator. Mm -hmm. And everyone can, you know, If you find that core concept or that core value that you want more than any other thing, that's a clue of where you start to look. Uh, For me, it's freedom. And I looked at every different aspect of that and what I would have to do or put in place or learn brand new uh, in order for me to have the freedom that I wanted.
1: Right, and our voice as women is so loud when we work together women support other women we want to see uh, each other succeed we want to get more women in the workforce we want to get more women in roles of being ceos of companies we need you to develop these skills because we can compete in a man's quote-unquote man's world
2: yeah, that's, a, that's another key point that you brought up right there is the world itself is in desperate, desperate, desperate need of women's vision, of women's heart, of women's compassion, of women's insight, of women's wisdom. The world is starving for us and we must rise to that. Uh, it won't beat a path to our door. It will beat us down if we don't participate. But, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. If we lock arms together and, and look for ways to support other women who are trying to do something in the world, we support each other. Um, the world badly, badly needs us right now. There's never been a time, certainly not during my lifetime, where the world needs women's voices uh, more than it does right now.
1: Oh, yes. I mean... We women, as business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, motivational speakers, our voices carry weight. Why? They, they sure do. We're starved for it. We keep yeah. getting beat down by the world that, that was created by our fathers, grandfathers, etc. And we need to put that compassion in the world. We need to be linking arms and building each other up. We have to stop this tearing each other apart because I don't like your vision. So I have to tear you apart. We have to stop.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I think, uh, I think that's a product of when women started to enter the workforce in mass, you know, in the industrial age, Mm -hmm. um, we thought we had to play the game like men do. We have to compete and we have to be the best and we have to, you know, that whole competitive thing, which, which men, have always been and always done, women don't have to play the money game like men. We don't. We can learn to work collaboratively, to reach out to other people, to work, you know, find a tribe of people that that think like we do and that can we can build something together. We're much, much stronger if we link arms. We do not have to do business and we do not have to do money like men do.
1: Exactly. And I I belong to several Facebook groups that are for women only. Some are divorcees, some are first-time entrepreneurs, some of them are long-term CEOs, but we build each other. We network. We work quietly because we quit telling people what we're going to do because the first thing we do, we tell people what we're going to do and who's their first critics are family or the men in their family or you know anything you can't do that right well yes we can if we work together as a tribe we can do anything
2: now that's right that's right so it's silencing your own inner critic and then being willing to silence uh the naysayers in your crowd and that can involve you know there will come a time when uh, and i've seen it uh in my own life When you are really ready for change and you're really ready to change yourself, you're gonna get pushback and you're gonna get fallout from the people that knew you and wanna hold you to that position that you were before because it's familiar to them. And so you wanting to reach out and change will be threatening to some of the people. And in some cases that that may, you know, facilitate the need to release some people from your circle Uh, you want to surround yourself with people who have your success in mind who want to support you in your vision who want to support you in your dream and it's very tough if you've got people pulling on you in your family or in your close friends uh, telling you why you can't do it that you know that that's another place where you have to be strong and you have to say, okay, I can still love you, but I'm going to love you from over here. Yes. You know, I I don't need to listen to that.
1: You have your network is your net worth. Yes. So, it, and I say this, been saying a lot, a lot the last couple of days. If your network is a lot of naysayers, your net worth is never going to be what you want it to be.
2: That's right. That's right. You have to, you know, and I don't know who said it, but it's a fairly famous quote. You know, your success in life will be determined by the five people that you surround yourself with most closely. And so one of the things that I did right from the very beginning when I knew I was going to collapse completely is I started reaching out to the most successful people I knew. And I started to just ask them. I'm in a really bad situation here. I don't know what to do. If you were in this situation, how would you advise me? What would you do? You can get golden, golden, golden ideas from that because people that have had some success in life have been down some of these paths. They may have had some of those failures themselves and they have figured out ways to navigate out of them. So that's the first place to start. If if you don't know where to start, start by seeking out, um, the, the most successful people that you know in the business or in the industry that, that you've got your eye on. You, they don't have to be close personal friends. You'd be surprised how many executives and people that have high-powered careers, how flattered they are. You know to get a phone call saying you know i read your article in the atlantic and i was wondering if i could just interview you for 10 or 15 minutes and ask you a few questions you know that's that's shooting kind of high but you get my point mm-hmm. that there are people successful people in your community that you can reach out to uh, and say i would love to to get your ideas on how to start a blog or how to how to be, be a podcaster, or whatever it is that you're trying to do. There are successful people out there doing it, and many of them will be happy to share their ideas with you.
1: That, and if you don't, if you're timid like I was a couple of years ago, you can just follow them if they have a podcast, radio station, whatever nuggets they're putting out for free. You can follow them and pick up things to learn. Yes, I mean. There's a lot of CEOs that do weekly podcasts. Uh, Damon John from FUBU, he does weekly yeah. podcast, and they're free.
2: Yeah, there's, we don't lack for information out there. Um, there's so many uh, and s- some average people who have done unbelievable Ted talks, mm-hmm. you know, how they've become inspired and what they've done. And I mean, there's just talented people all around you. If you just... Summon the courage to, to think up two or three of the most urgent questions that you really want to know, mm-hmm. either about starting over, you know, getting your money situation, starting a business, uh, finding a, the kind of relationship that you deserve. There's people out there that are real, real experts in those fields. And, and you can find them, you can find them and you can reach out to them.
1: I I do this all the time within my network. I have a question about cryptocurrency, for example, or a new thing I want to invest in. And I'll reach out, what am I looking at? Because I'm not understanding. Can you help me understand this in words that I understand? Because you talk to some of these financial advisors and they give you these $10 words when, (laughs) you know, you don't need a $10 word. You just need it broken down into you need a
2: you need a first grade word. No, it's it's true. Many many people in my industry, uh, you know, we use acronyms and terms that we just assume everybody is familiar with, and that's just not the case in a lot of in a lot of times. So,
1: yeah. So we can reach out. We can learn, and once we learn what the ten dollar or the college graduate word is <laughs> compared to the first grade word, you know, then we can understand. Then we yeah. can do multiple revenues we can have residuals we can have so many things different things coming in and we can get to the place where we want to be
2: exactly exactly and uh but it starts with what you said that was really key it starts with your courage to reach out to somebody your courage to reach out to somebody you can do a lot of research on your own just listening to YouTubes and TED Talks and, you know, podcasters, you know, that those are just idea factories. Mm -hmm. You can get ideas there. Um, You know, part of uh, my book on the financial independence part is to really explain the different types of income that you can earn. Active income where you trade your time for dollars, um, you know, passive income, what that is, and residual income. Learn those those income types because one of them is going to grab you or the best thing is to you know when you're really starting over and you really got to dig yourself out of the soup you probably want to have some income stream in all of those methods Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you're just trying to build upon what you already have uh, one of them might make more sense to you than others so it pays you to know what are the different ways that you can earn income and what does that mean for you in terms of what your core values in terms of, you know, for me, it was freedom. And so what do I look at? I look at passive and residual income. Those are freedom incomes, active income, nothing wrong with it at all. But I did that for like 50 years. And now I'm looking on the, on the more uh, residual side. So, you know, learn those types of incomes, and then apply your efforts and your questions and your research to how to develop that thing that's, that's speaking to you.
1: And there's so many different magazines. There's Entrepreneur Magazine, there's Prepreneur, there's Business World, there's some different magazines, even if you pick up one or two issues, not subscribe to a year's worth, but you know, there's nuggets in there for you to learn things for yourself.
2: Yeah, now that's, that's for sure. And it's, um, it's important uh, to do that kind of research because at the end of the day, something that you said in the beginning is it really is we have to excavate this inside our own heart. We it's it's we have the work to do on us. Uh, and first, you have to start with the motivation to do it. And so that's the first thing you have to find, whatever it is, whatever it is for you, what is your motivation to um, put your life back on track after a divorce or a death Um, to put yourself in a better earning position uh, for your career. Um, Maybe you want to put your kids through college. Maybe you want to support your aging parents. Maybe you're concerned about healthcare costs as you get older. There's a million reasons that people want to do it, but you have to back up and you have to attach your core motivation to all of those methods. Otherwise you'll spin you'll spin, you'll try this and you'll set it down and you'll try that and you'll set it down and you'll try that and you'll set it down. Um, So if you can really excavate your own core motivation first and then start to understand the different types of income, the different ways that you can earn money and different income sources, then you'll start to narrow that field. And then that's where you apply your research.
1: Yeah. It it seems like a lot of work, but and it is a lot of work. I'm not gonna lie to you. It is you have to do it for yourself you can't you can listen to every ted talk you can get into every program you can do do all of the reading until you want to do it for yourself you're not going to succeed
2: that is right and so here's a key question and i would encourage listeners to write this down that you would want to ask yourself what's the alternative if i don't do it what's my outcome going to be five years from now if i don't make some changes you have to ask that question because that that draws you down into the reality of wherever it is that you are and whatever that distance is between where you are and where you'd like to be that's the work you have to do absolutely it's work and and it can be gut-wrenching work but what's the alternative what are you going to do if you don't do it are you going to step aside and not do that work because it's a lot of work and it, and it could be, you know, tricky or painful at times? What's your alternative? What's your alternative? That question I ask myself over and over and over, you know? Yeah, I don't like to get up and beat the pavement every single morning for work because I have no money. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to do that. But what's the alternative? Okay, get evicted from your apartment and move into the street. Didn't seem like a good alternative. So you have to be willing to to keep yourself in that question. You know, if I don't do this, and if I don't find my drive, and if I don't find my motivation, and I don't find my path or passion, what will my life look like five years from now, 10 years from now? That's a question you have to get really up close with.
1: You live today for five years from now.
2: Yeah, and you have to you have to make decisions accordingly. So yeah, that's absolutely true. So those are, those are some of the nuggets that are in there that I had to excavate myself and by telling that story, you know, and I painted the the sort of painful process that I went through too. So I, I didn't hold anything back. Uh, I, I, I was happy to share all the places that I failed to and all the mistakes that I made along the way that cost me more time.
1: We find robux and we find out how to succeed from things that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. But so, where can our listeners and our viewers find you? Um, I actually have
2: um, there is uh, I have a website thrivebeyonddivorce.net. You can uh, pop onto that website. The book, if you'd like to read the book, it is available on Amazon. It's available in, um, uh, there is an audio co- copy that you can get there, uh, or also a downloadable PDF or a paperback, whatever you prefer. Um, so those are the places that you could start. Uh, and if you have questions, there's ways to contact me through my website. And you're, you're welcome to ping me and ask any questions that you have.
1: Awesome. Well, I always like getting our readers, our viewers, and our listeners to reach out to our guests because they have questions. It's just up to them to ask them.
2: Yeah. And I'm very, very happy to interact with anybody. So um, feel free to pop onto my website and there's a little contact form there and uh, we can set up a phone call or an email or something. And I'm happy to, to answer whatever questions you might have.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it very much.
1: And for all readers and our listeners, happy reading.